Live from the Talking Joe Studios. It's Talking Joe with Chief and Ben. Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief, and I'm here with my buddy. Hey, 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 it's Ben. How's it going? Yeah, it's going. Chief, there's so much going on, I don't even know where to start. Right. There's just so much going on. We've got somewhere. We've got Avengers Endgame. We've got Game of Thrones, Battle of Winterfell. I've built Lego Voltron. It's been. What? You built Lego Voltron? Yeah, Emma went over to Lego HQ. And they, they got like a half price Lego shop and she took a spare suitcase and she came back with Lego Voltron. Do you know much <laughs> about Voltron? Um, no, I know it was around in the Go 80s. Lion. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a Japanese thing, isn't it? So is it giant robots, but are they smaller manned robots that make yeah. a big robot? I'm not too sure. It's, it's formed of five separate lions, Go Lions, and each one of those lions has got a a human in them and um convert and transform into Voltron defender of the universe and who does he fight against oh just a bunch of big bad monster robot type things yeah i'll tell you what i am that's it's, you know on a similar vein what i'm gonna get into gonna get i, I keep saying gonna and my kid my three-year-old pulls me up on it and she says daddy we don't say gonna we say going to speech please well that's something that i normally would uh be pulling people up on but um yeah <laughs> anyway, I'm going to start getting back into Battle of the Planets. Now, that might have been before your time. G-Force. Do you remember G-Force? Mm, that rings a bell. When you it see does. some of the imagery, um, it will uh, come flooding back to you. But yeah, that that's... Uh, I think it was called... What was it called in Japan? Yeah, that's the thing. Everything oh, had a different name. Can't remember. Because I'm pretty sure Voltron was called Go Lion or something, or the translation was called Go Lion. Anyway, it... I am going to put this out there. It is the best Lego build I've ever done. What? Bar none. On on every level, it's so impressive. Uh, so you build the five lions separately. Yep. That's how... So you get a book for each lion. And then at the end, you get a book on how to build them and turn them into Voltron. Okay. And the lions kind of transform, and the size of this thing, and the heft, it is incredible. It's got partial articulation, yep. but um, as far as Lego builds go, it's been the most satisfying one I've done. Okay. So yeah, that was what I spent the weekend doing, Nice. pretty much. Nice. Um, and also, I went bodyboarding a lot. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. We went to the surf shop and bought some bodyboards. And because um, there was a storm, what was the storm? Storm Hannah, did that hit you? Did not hit us, no. Storm Hannah didn't hit you. Wow. Well, we had a big storm down south and um, big waves, and it was awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Point Break, fifty-year yeah. storm. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I bought a book that I know you've got, and you've maybe put some. It's Ooh. in the background of some of your videos. The Art of Atari. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a good book. Yeah, so those guys, because it's a handful of artists, isn't it? They're yeah. incredible. Yeah. So this is this is a lot of cover art and imagery for a lot of the Atari twenty six hundred games. It's even very distinctive, isn't the ones it? Before whatever the system before that was, and it's a big old coffee table sized book. And uh, Zavi dot com, get down there nine ninety nine. 
Yeah, I, I, I did a few photos of that book and the um the guy, the author guy, contacted me and was like Really? Yeah, yeah, he gave me a shout out. Nice. Um it's very that didn't you feel like when you're a kid and you know, those covers to, to video games were so kind of like you look at them in the shop, you're like, Oh my god. Yeah. And then, you know, you get yeah. back, doesn't load. No, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's an Atari, yeah, it's the cover art didn't depict the, the, the level of the graphics in the actual <laughs> no, game. No, but you were thinking of that cover art when you were playing the game, or I was anyway. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it, it helped, yeah, it gave you that kind of um, atmosphere, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, what else you been up to, Chief? Uh, I know what you haven't been up to. Which is... Well, you certainly didn't go and see Avengers Endgame. I did not, no. You did. No. I, yeah, when did, I saw it on the f- uh, Friday. Okay. And I haven't stopped thinking about it. Uh, I have a question at the end of the show, which is, in fact, semi-Avengers Endgame related. Mm-hmm. So I won't go into that. I won't, we won't delve into this too much. Maybe we can dig into this at the end of the episode. Okay. Keep keep the listeners on tenterhooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but two questions. Number one, do I need to see it at the cinema? I don't know. Dude. I'm not I in a massive. I don't, I don't really care how it ends. I did. See when the you other go one. to the cinema, yep. what but what boxes are you looking to tick? Because is it a visual or sound? You want the full experience? Because well, I rarely go to the movies anymore. I basically will go to see any Star Wars movie at the movies. Yeah, and that's probably it. To be the fair. only advantage is obviously you're seeing it. If you don't go to the cinema, you yeah. know, I guess what you got to wait three or four months, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you could argue with in-home experiences getting so much better that yeah, yeah, you don't have to go to the cinema. But I, I still love it. I think. You know, and it's, a, it's a blockbuster. It's possibly the biggest, most successful blockbuster ever made. Did you rewatch the first one beforehand? Yes, I did. I I rewatched a handful of now MCU I, films, and now since I've seen it, I'm just watching them all. I think I did watch that last Avengers one at the at the picture show. Um, did you? And I, hmm. yeah, I think I did. And I think I came out thinking, yeah. It was all right. Nothing yeah, special. I remember you thinking. But I can't really. It was okay. I can't really remember anything about it. So that, yeah, tell, that, no... that tells you whether it was good or not. No, it wasn't good. But no. are you saying it was good? I came out not knowing what to think because it's so massive. The and we're scale talking, of it. Are you talking about the second one or the new one, Endgame? Yeah, Endgame. Okay. No spoilers. But did you did you like the first one? Uh, yes, I loved the first okay, one. Right, gotcha. Loved it. Thought it was great. Um, and this one is very, very, very different. You know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but um, okay. emotionally it hits on all the kind of right levels and okay. made me realise how much I love those characters. Right. We had a quick uh, email come in from friend of the show, uh, Doug Bertrand. He's contacted us before and he says, uh, heard you talking about sequels, which was on our previous episode. If you didn't listen, go and check it out. We talk about movie sequels that are equal to or better than the original. And he was screaming at his radio for us to mention a couple that we didn't. Uh, yeah. Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. Now, I'm not against Star Trek, but I just never got into it, so no, I can't exactly comment the same. on that. And I, I've, I, yeah, I know how much people love that film, but I'm sorry, I've never seen it. Yep. Ouch. Um, then he also says Captain America: Winter Soldier. Yeah, he is correct. I just rewatched the first one though, and it's really good. 
But Winter Soldier is probably one of my favourite MCU films. So yes. Now, now I say no because I don't particularly we, like Winter hey, Soldier. Hey, we saw that. We saw that together, buddy. Did we? Yeah, in Wimbledon. Did we? In cinema. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't over fussed on it at all. No. Uh, I think the first one's better. And he also says the Wolverine. Is that yeah? But which one's it, that? Is that the it, one old man Wolverine where he's? Yeah, but you could have put out any sequel and it would have been better than X-Men Origins. Right. So I didn't really count that. And yes, that film starts off really cool. Yeah. Uh, but it does just descend into a generic mess. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But anyway, he says, anyway, I love the podcast. Uh, we're way past where he was reading the comic, um, but he still loves it. And yeah, the day I, I listen, it brightens my day. All the best, Doug from Wisconsin. Cheers. Do you think, cheers, Doug, do you think there's a lot of people that like G.O. Joe that didn't really get past issues or 60? Because uh, are you feeling that there's definitely a trend where well, no, I just the think style it's, it's, has it's changed? It's very different, isn't it? It's definitely different yeah. now. Yeah. So, and I remember you saying, you know, this is, we're kind of in the zone now where things are changing and I think... I wonder yeah. if there's a bunch of people that are like purists and like, no, I love the first 50. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, so you mentioned uh, Endgame and also a lot of other stuff's going on is Game of Thrones. Get moving, Danny, it's time to go. Are Cersei and Jamie still got the flow? Sleeping with your sister, that's a no-no. Lord Tywin killed by a crossbow. Now Chief's got a question about this show. That was the best one yet. That was tight. Yeah? You like that? That was tight. Um, so... Yes, uh, I am up to now. I've had to switch to Now TV. I've had to buy a Now TV subscription. Such bad quality on that. Well, that's what I had heard that it was like seven twenty. It is. It's seven twenty p. So seven twenty p. But but it's very strange because on the title sequence it's horrifically blurred. But when it actually the title sequence cuts into the live action, I don't. I'm not actually noticing the, the the downgrading quality that I thought I would get. No, but, it's not. It's more the blacks. You'll notice it when there's a big battle at night. It's okay. just a nightmare to see anything. Uh, but it was the cheapest option. It was basically seven ninety nine. Yeah, that's for, how I watch it. For no, it was twenty four ninety nine. I uh, know seventeen ninety nine for six months. I got a deal. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's, three pounds a month. Yeah, and they're all on there. It's the oh, you watch it on Now TV as well. Yeah, that's oh, the okay. only way to watch it in this country, unless you get unless... Sky Atlantic or whatever. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have Sky. So anyway. yeah. Uh, I mean, now, now TV is Sky, though. Yes, yes. Um, so the question I've got is, I'm up to season five, episode two, I think. Or episode... No, episode episode four we've watched. I think we've got about 21 to go or something like that. Okay. Um, so why... So this, uh, this is going back in time, you might not remember, but it's been... The, the, whole, the, the whole plot point from the very beginning that kind of sucked you in was uh, Nedard Stark going to Winterfell, going to King's Landing because his buddy, John Arryn, had been, the Hand of the King had been killed and Stark was going to take over his Hand of the King. Well, that was one story. Well, thread, yeah, but yeah. that was like, you know, that was, that formed a lot of the beginning plot point. Yeah. Um, and he had died in mysterious circumstances, poisoned. Now you find out that it was Littlefinger who killed John Arryn. Um, yes. Why did he kill him? Do not know, Chief. Okay. I do not know. I rarely can answer your Game of Thrones questions. They're very deep. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even know it was Littlefinger that yeah. killed him. It got obviously to set in set plans of he, he had the raging horn for 
for Ned's Kat. wife. So maybe to get her down there. I don't know. I don't know. Or was it just because he wanted to kill John Aaron so he could then marry? Maybe he thought he'd be get marry his wife, the crazy loon, and he would then become Lord of the Eyrie. But why does he want to become Lord of the Eyrie? The Vale. Uh, I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. It's difficult for me to talk about these apps after watching last night's. Yeah. So where I'm at to just, just to let you know where I'm at. Actually, the end of season four, the last four episodes, I think, or three episodes of season four, I think were probably the best I've seen so far. Is that kind of they when were, they were incredible? Those three at the end. What is? Well, just remind me. Um, so is that Jamie and? Uh, so that is yeah, uh, uh, Hound versus Brienne. Oh yes, good stuff. Yeah. Um, there's. Um, what's happening in? I was saying I was saying they're amazing. And I can't even remember what they were. Um, yeah. The big revolt, kind of where wherever Danny was. Oh yes, yeah. Um, all that stuff going down. Uh, yeah, no, it was just it was just like oh, this is uh, the big siege on the wall from the wildlings. Oh the yeah, giants that's a great one. And all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, just it was just like you know really sort of tight action. What I am noticing though. Is the co- the general? Oh, and of course, uh, Oberon versus the Mountain. Oh, that was all it. in those last few episodes. Apart from that scene, that Oberon Mountain scene, and the Jamie and Bron have just gone to Dawn. Yeah, and there's a oh, fight scene like with, the, and it's not as Panto as you made me believe it would be. Uh, but those two, they have a fight against Oberon's three bastard daughters. Yes, yes. Uh, that fight scene and the Oberon Mountain scene, very good fight scenes. That aside, the fight scene choreography is some of the worst I've ever seen in TV or movies. It's awful. Well, on, on the whole? On the whole, the, the fight scene choreography is awful. I don't some know. of the worst I've ever seen. I think, isn't it, men of, isn't it some of the best? No. I don't know. No. Well, idiots. I don't know. Idiots. The, the fights, the big battles and stuff are incredible, I Just, think. Yeah, the they, big they, as a whole, but just when they, when they focus in on a one v one sword fight, it's just slow, um, clumsy. Just, just I'm whether they're trying to be realistic. I if, think that's, but I think that when you have got a big, you know, you're in armor and you have got a massive, yeah. heavy sword, I don't think it's going to be uh, fast. Yeah, but I don't want I don't want a, a, a realistic simulation of what a one on one fight would be. I, I want you know flips and that. hijinks and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, did not pick up on that, but uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, oh god, it's kind of frustrating. You need to. Get cracking and get onto okay. this. Well, I, this we, we got we got season. we got twenty one episodes to go. We're trying oh. to do we're trying to do one and a half a night. Season five is the worst. So season as well, I think we'll be we'll be okay. We'll be oh Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, he is probably the biggest scumbag yet so far. I thought yeah. Joffrey because Joffrey was having babies killed, but Ramsey I think is probably worse. Yeah, he's definitely worse. Yeah, he's definitely worse. Oh God, you're not even on season six. Okay, come no. on. So drop, anyway, drop. yeah. So we'll be about. I figure we got about uh, twelve or thirteen days, and then we'll be on. So let's call it two weeks, and then we'll be on to season eight. That's great because we might be able to talk about season eight when it's relevant. Yeah, you're still. You know, we might catch the last three episodes possibly of season eight. We might be in real time. Oh, you'd have to. Yeah, there's only three left. So I was there. How many? What? Yeah. There's only six. Oh, six and season eight. Oh, we definitely won't catch up then. No, they're hour and a half each, though. They're long. Okay. Um, well, I'll push the missus because she's watching them as well. Uh, see if we we'll, see what we can get done. Okay. Cool. Um, well, uh, Jesus. I... <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> a cat. <laughs> the, no, no. The mic stand <laughs> fell on me. 
<laughs> Mike Stanfell, that is a yeah. uh, hazard of podcasting. <laughs> I think I was so terrified that we might be about to go into your mind. Yeah, so some of these Inside Chiefs minds are sometimes a bit comical. Uh, sometimes. But, but I'm going a little bit a little bit uh, off canvas here, a little bit off piste. Oh, so getting what's, real. What's grind well, I'm getting real, I'm getting real up inside the Chiefs head. So what's grinding my gears and getting on my goat uh, at the moment is effectively time. Uh, oh, love it! I've got a problem with time, and uh, I've got a few. I've got a few little fears in 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 my life. I, uh, fear of heights, but I kind of like being up high. I like a sense of controlled risk. So if I'm up high, I get a bit of a rush from it, but I don't like it. I'm definitely claustrophobic, right? Uh, but my biggest fear is of not being alive. Um, <laughs> so not not. Jeez. Not the actual act of dying, but yeah, although no, I'm sure I'm sure I will be scared uh, when I am dying. But the actual thought of not there not being a chief on this planet absolutely terrifies me. <laughs> Even now, speaking to you now, I'm getting a little bit. I'm getting like my hairs are coming up. I'm getting a little bit anxious when I when I think about not being alive. It, well, chief, you better leave a, a, a legacy. So it's the finiteness of human life and. And time is creeping ever closer. And when I think, you know, I'm 43, if I'm lucky, I'm about halfway through my life. But the yeah. tail end of most people's lives particularly aren't, potentially aren't that great. And, no. and I'm like, I don't know. I, 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 when, I was about, when I was about 18, I, this kind of deep-rooted fear kind of, I was... I was so sure that I needed to amass millions of pounds so that I could <laughs> cryogenically freeze my body when I was well, about like Disney. when I was about like mid twenties, and yeah. then I wanted to be reawakened when there was an immortality drug or my brain could be transplanted into a clone body or something like that. That was actually that's actually real. I actually that was in my head. That's I, my, I had a fear of not being alive that I needed to become immortal effectively. So what have you been put on this planet to do? Well, that's the other got a thing job to do. That's the other thing is. I've, I'm not saying I've started getting depressed because I'd, I know people who suffer from depression, clinically depressed, and it's a real thing and it's very debilitating and it is a kind of, you know, it's a mental disease and I'm not putting myself in that category at all. Uh, but I have started seriously thinking about what is the point of life? What am I actually doing? I, I, if I think about it too much, it brings me down and I'm like, what? What am I doing? I'm just every day I'm getting up, going to work. I'm coming home, going to sleep. I'm just doing the same thing, and eventually I'll just be dead. And what what has it all been for? I don't, yeah, well, I don't, the... I don't understand my purpose of being on this planet. And it's like some people say, oh, it's to reproduce. Why is it to reproduce? What? Who determined that that was? Well, that's just an instinct. What the that's general just an animal consent. instinct? Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm struggling with existence at the moment. Chief, so that's I the don't grind. know. I don't know if I need. I'm not saying I need some kind of. Uh, therapy or anything like that or counselling but I need to speak to someone I think to not make me happier because I'm not saying I'm not happy but I if I dwell on it too much I honestly start just kind of crawling into a ball and just thinking I don't get it soon I'm going to be dead and what's it all been for but don't you think those are good questions to have and to ask I mean, they kind of excite me a little bit. I mean, I think what you need is distractions. If you've got a busy mind like that, 
you need things to distract you from thinking about those things. But I wouldn't necessarily that that say that they are negative things to think about. No, maybe not. But for me personally at this moment in time, it is going into the negative in terms of like, I just don't, yeah, I don't know. You're asking Ben, what's the point? What's the point of doing anything? I don't think there is an overriding point. I think we're, I'm a victim of being semi-intelligent. You know, sometimes I wish I had sometimes <laughs> self-aware. I, sometimes I wish I had what I call the Homer Simpson syndrome, where you know he's pretty clueless. He doesn't really care. The simple things in life make him happy, and he's kind of mm. just you know in a in a blissful state of you know he's being in a bubble that he's happy with. And you know, and maybe maybe that'd be better curse of being uh, semi-intelligent. I live in a bubble a little bit sometimes. I don't really like things when they get a, a bit too real. But talking about this stuff is key and acknowledging that stuff is kind of the first step into figuring it all out i think yeah. i don't really think what you're thinking is anything unusual i think everyone thinks like that at a certain point sounds yeah. you know midlife i think that one of the keys is you're taking stock one of the key things yeah maybe it's you know a midlife crisis uh i'll let the viewers into uh some some personal chief uh, uh knowledge here i actually had a semi breakdown when my kid was born right. and i wasn't ready apparently i ha- i have a black spot of about you know 3 or 4 weeks that i don't remember just really? after, just after she was born and apparently i didn't handle it well apparently i would go out for my like midnight strolls and not come back for like 2 hours and my missus apparently found me on the living room floor one night curled up in a fetal position, just like whimpering to myself. She um, was probably thinking, hang on. And I had a... Which I had, I've got two babies Yeah, here exactly. I had after. like a mental breakdown for like four weeks that I've completely blacked out apparently. Uh, That's what having a kid will do to you. <laughs> it's a lot uh, to handle. And, then, I, and I actually resented my child when she was yeah. born for, for about, I don't know, maybe three or four months because she had come in to my life and completely changed my life what I thought was for the worse because suddenly I couldn't do I was living a you know I was married but I was still I, I had a kid at 40 and so I I had lived a single life for a very long time and even when we were together me and the missus we still did a lot of you know independent things and we would go yeah. out and do stuff together whatever and it was we didn't have the massive amount of ties and suddenly that got shaken up and I couldn't do half the things I was used to doing or wanted to do. And I resented my child for changing my life. That passed and, you know, I loved my kid to bits and would do anything for her. And I, you know, not being big headed, but I'm a great dad. And yeah. but I think we're a great family unit. But that was kind of a, a I don't what I think what I'm afraid of here is having another breakdown about life and where it's going like I did previously and I don't want to do that again because I don't want to put my family under that stress and pressure again and I think one of the key things is I don't have any kind of long-term goals or ambitions or um, tasks or anything that I'm shooting or aiming for and I think that would benefit me by kind of getting something in place. Your family can be an ambition and a goal yeah but also that's very common but more so usually you hear from the female side of things the baby is born and they get sort of postnatal depression yeah and that, they that, struggle so it's interesting that, coming from a male point of view that, well I, I was told that by i i said that to uh one of the one of the like healthcare assistants who came round to do all the the checks um, yes 
and the baby as they've grown up. And I, I actually, you know, spilled my guts and told them that. And they said that was that was good because it was honest and also it was rare. They said it was rare to actually hear the the, the males voice that kind of opinion. So, but I, yeah. you know, I, 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 I never keep much close to my chest. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a talker and I've got no problem with emoting. So, with having kids, I welcome that it took the not the pressure to succeed off but it i think i was possibly quite selfish and inward looking and you know when you don't have kids you spend quite a lot of time thinking about yourself and sort of thinking inwardly and i've definitely become a better person because i think about myself maybe third or fourth down the the tier after you know kids and wife and stuff and i think being a little bit more selfless can make you a better more rounded person i always think having kids is a great thing because of that fact that it can you know it's good to put someone else before yourself yeah but as the years roll on you do need to start thinking about yeah like your passions again and you do have to have some me time yeah and it sounds like it's it's a balancing act yeah i don't think either of us me or the missus have have got a general plan about where we want to be in five years now i was Never but five I, years is a long time. I, yeah, chief. but I was I never mean, one. Does? I was never one to plan long term. Nor was she. And I was literally like, I'll live day to day. You know, I don't want to. You know, I always used to even just simply. I would never do a weekly shop. I would always shop day to day because I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to buy fifty quid worth of food because I don't know what I want to eat in six days time. I'll just eat day to day, and that's kind of how I always live my life. Like one day, one week at a time. I never really was into saving or planning or anything like that. And obviously, we've got a house and a mortgage and a kid. And, you know, I, you know, need to start thinking about pension and all that kind of stuff. But oh. I think what I do need to do is, or we need to do as a family unit, is kind of think about where do we actually want to be living? Because the house we're in is, you know, I would like to get maybe a bigger house because when the yeah. kid starts growing up and all that kind of stuff. So when we start That's thinking a about a bigger property, where do we actually want to be? I'd like to, you know, potentially live down by the, the seaside or close to yeah. the sea or... Do we want to stay in the same area? Is it tied to what school she's going to? Is it tied to what job I've got? Do I want to change industries? These are all questions that, you know, I need to kind of ask myself and and not yeah. just keep putting them off. Because when I previously, when I've asked those questions, I've just put it off and put it off and put it off and just carried on, which what I view now is just day-to-day drudgery of doing the same thing over and over again. So Yeah, I, I we need... spoke about the living question, me and Emma, every night for... I don't know, five years. Because when you know that you're not in the house that you're going to end up in, you basically just talk about where are we going to go? What are we going to do? It has felt great since we kind of did our forever home that we don't have to spend our nights talking about what's next all the time. Or we can, but it it certainly doesn't involve moving and selling property so once you do get that locked in yeah it is quite a nice feeling yeah because we're not even having those conversations so i think that's a starter you know start having those conversations and and you know do uh, one of the tricky things is you know do i i probably don't want to stay in the job i'm currently in because even though it, it's okay i don't mind going and i don't have any i don't I know not many people get up and say, yeah, oh yeah, let's go to work. You know, there's a lot, there's a few people that do and I envy those people massively and I don't hate my job, but I don't, I'm losing motivation. I don't, yeah. I lo- I'm losing motivation and, and passion for it and enthusiasm. And I know that if I probably wanted to get into something I was more into, I'm going to have to take a salary cut and that's not the end of the world. I don't think for me. Um, 
but you know i think i'd much rather be a baker or you know working yeah. working in the entertainment industry or you know podcasting full time hey or <laughs> you know d- doing other stuff so you can do those things you can though. do those other things yeah and maybe it's maybe it's fear of i think i've got a fear of not the unknown but big changes because what if you do leave your current position whether it be your current housing situation or your current job and then you move to another house or you move to another job what if on the outside it looked good but when you get there it's like oh shit this is actually worse than where i've come from you can't wait around in life to uh, have these kind of a hundred percent moments where it's like we're definitely doing this what's the surest you can be about anything it's like when i have friends that are um and and ahhing about having children i that i sort of say you know how far along are you thinking about this and they're like well we're about 70 percent sure i was like well that's as good as it's ever going to get because there's always reasons not to do something isn't there yeah so you might as well just if you're sort of over 50 percent then that's 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 a goer and you should just do it i think you'd be surprised you, you wouldn't re- i don't think you'd have regrets about changing career and stuff like that oh chiefy i've been on the couch with dr ben that was wild some sage advice but uh, that's a, de- a deeper dive into chief's mind everything you're saying i think is pretty normal if i was you i wouldn't feel like oh is this strange to be having these thoughts yeah i think what you've just done and vocalizing stuff is like half that's half the battle yeah most people just keep that stuff in their head and go insane yeah like you said keep distracted doing these podcasts and hearing from our great uh audience actually is a big boost you know it's like i actually really enjoy you know speaking to you and doing these podcasts and popping things up on the social media and getting feedback that's that's all good stuff so yeah it's like putting a, a pin in life isn't it for an hour yeah. or so or, yeah. or whatever there's also always time for new hobbies as well. That's right, that's right. Anyway, we're coming out of my mind now. Well, we're coming out of the dark section. We're going into the, the fun light section uh, because we're going to talk about some G.I. Joe comics. We certainly are. Mixed bag this week. We had a special missions, a yearbook, and two issues of the regular series. Yes, where are we starting, Chief? Let's start with uh, special missions number seven. Yes. This is October 1987. Larry Harmer's on script. Herb Trimpe is on art. Uh, so I guess he's doing pencils and inks. Bob Shireen colours and Phil Felix on letters. It's called The Old Switcheroo. And on the cover, you've got Chuckles, Lady J, and a third joke. It's silhouetted, so you can't really see who it is. Looks like they're on powered gliders Stealth heading gliders. to the Cobra Consulate. Yeah, in New York, yeah? In New York, yep. So this effectively is, there's an attack on the Cobra consulate building. And it's like Die Hard, isn't it, that beginning bit? It's like Die Hard. There's, yeah, exactly. There's um, some revolutionaries from Sierra Gordo, where we've, we've, we've seen several times in the regular series. Mm. They're attacking the Cobra consulate. Um, what we actually find out, though, is it was all, on the last page, it was all an elaborate plan perpetrated by Chuckles, yeah, um, they thought they had C4. No. No, gas. They did not. Yeah. They had gas. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was really cool. Starts off, starts off slow, I thought. Yeah, but that bit where they're coming in, I just all I could hear in my head was like the, the diehard music, you know, the drums, and they're, yeah. they're coming in there. Also, we get to see, uh, I think they're just called Straight Out Vipers. And I was going to yes. ask you, yep. where are these guys? Because they were huge in the cartoon, I never had one of the figures, but don't you think they look so cool? Yep, 
Yeah, I, I never had one actually. I never had one either. But yeah, we're, we've been used to seeing the standard Cobra Trooper in his blue with his red insignia and his red handkerchief over his over his mouth. Yeah, and, and we get a they, we get a little bit of Serpentor here. The Baroness um, gets Serpentor on the screen, and he's not best pleased. Yeah. So these with these a revolution- lack of ability to make decisions. Yeah. These revolutionaries have kind of gone in, and they're kind of holding Cobra hostage, aren't they? kind of thing yes but they there's a couple of divides here a couple of the leaders actually debate whether one of them wants to you know suicide mission and blow everyone up and the other one is a bit actually no we changed our minds so they're squabbling and also the counterpoint like you say mirrors the baroness and zarana are at at loggerheads she's basically catfighting she's basically picking away at baroness zarana you know trying to trying to um you know prod the bear if you will yeah, yeah, totally. There's some great panels in here and great artwork of the Vipers when they're coming down the stairs and they're just about to breach the door and they just get absolutely <laughs> mowed down. Yeah. Very violent. I've noticed Herb Trimpe, who's drawing all these special missions ones, uh, you know, it, it's there's a lot of, of gunfighting and people get and stuff shot. Going like, on. Ba- yeah. yeah, lots of people get shot. They, I love that panel above that with the, the close up on the, uh, the Vipers. They're just such a cool design. Yeah. It's simple, isn't it? It's kind of just like a blank face mask. Yeah, I don't know what they. I don't know why they've got goggles above the, <laughs> the visor plate. Uh, but yeah. yeah, like you say, Serpentor pops up just effectively to say, "Stop your squabbling, sort it out." Yeah, I had a long look at Doctor Mindbender. He's got a codpiece on it, massive codpiece with chains. Yeah, because when he's kind of like in between them, I'm like, "Look at this guy! Just stop and look at him." So his codpiece is being held up by a sort of like a chained. Uh, what are they like? It's like braces. What is that? Yeah, braces, chained braces. <laughs> then he's got a couple of. He's got like a holster for his. I mean, it's wild. Get up. Then he's got uh, long pink purple gloves on. Yeah, he's a heck of a design. It's a heck of a design, but. <laughs> It's like, I don't know, it's like if this is the power or the, the medium of comics where I'm reading it in the comics and I have a little chuckle to myself, but I don't, for some reason, I don't think it looks overly stupid. If this no, were no, in a TV in show, if this was in a TV show, completely 180, I'd, you know, no one would take that seriously. It, it yes. would look stupid. Unless they set that world up where it was normal, you know, and they embraced it. Yeah, you know, even then, yeah. would people buy it, though? Would people, you know, buy well, it? Well, yeah, it? if you sort of set it up as a, the whole thing was hokey, possibly. I really don't... I love the whole section with uh, Tunnel Rat and the kind of going down into the, the sewers and they, they yep. hit the lights, they kill the power. Yeah. Um, God, it made me think of Die Hard. Yeah, it is very... Now that you mention it, yeah, I don't <laughs> know why that didn't spring to mind, but it is very Die Hard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then they've got these... Those gliders are humongous. <laughs> They might be silent. They might be silent, but they'd be spotted. Yeah, because it. I mean, I think it's meant to be like Twilight, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, you definitely see three of those guys coming over. Yeah, definitely. But the the Joes have really got the. Oh, hang on! You also get uh, Tele Vipers. Yes, Tele. We haven't really seen much of those, have we? Which I love their get up as well. They're very cool. Yep. and then what happens here? So you saw those yeah, on you saw those gets... in the last episode when the, in the space mission there were some tele vipers up on the uh, space the yeah. space shuttle. Yeah, they featured in the cartoon heavily. And then Lady J does the she gets up in some Baroness garb and costume. Yep. And, yeah, 
and that's when the kind of revol- they they have a squabble, don't they? The revolutionary guys, and they they hit the bomb. She thinking detonates. That it's gonna- yeah. So if that was a real C four, the whole building would have gone up. Uh, but it turns out to be uh, gas, and yeah, then it turns out the chuckles. He he swapped out the C four explosives for gas because he was the one that sold it to the revolutionaries, and he even helped them plan the mission and drew up the diagrams so they knew their every move, what what it was going to be. Yeah. Um, this is a tight, tight issue. Loved it. Yeah, and the whole premise of it was to plant a bug in Cobra, communi- Cobra communication systems. Yeah, that was the whole plan from GI Joe. So now they've they've effectively bugged up the Cobra consulate. Yeah, from their point of view, very successful mission, flawless. Yep. Um, what are you saying? What, what are you giving it? Uh, eight. Eight. Okay, I'm giving it. Wow. Uh, I'm giving it a seven. high seven. High seven. Okay, what are we moving on to? Uh, let's move on to 67 and 68, which is a bit of a double parter. Yes. Uh, so cover of 67. Really like this cover. It's well, Lady J punching out Flint. Yeah, I loved the first sort of six pages of this issue. It was so good with the kind of returning of Quick yep. Kick and Stalker. Yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing cover of 68 as well, just get out of the way. Oh, okay. So cover of 67, Flint punch, Flint being punched by Jay. And yeah. cover of 68 is well Bill in the C-130 dropping a couple of uh, G.I. Joe vehicles. Yeah, it's fine. Not not that bothered about that cover. Yeah. So like you said, there's the main focus of these two. The issues are called Cold Snap and Cut and Freeze Dried. And we've got um, Larry Harmer. Uh, Ron Wagner is the new penciler. Randy Emberlin's on inks. Neil Yomlov is on colours and Joe Rosen is on letters. And it's the yeah, same. Yeah, first few pages are great here. Uh, Bob Shireen's on colours on the second one. So, yeah, the, the main storyline here is in Frusian land um, with the Cobras and Terradromes, etc. But the, you do get an epilogue, the first six pages, like you mentioned, let's do that, which is a wrap-up of that big six-issue Barovia storyline. Yeah, Outback, beautifully drawn, just looking down. He feels like he should have disobeyed his orders. And then, you know, the the three Joes coming out the back of the plane. So good. With all of the kind of the lineup of the Joes awaiting them. Very cool. Yeah. Loved yep. it. And then uh, Stalker, basically, uh, Stalker's like, there he is, Outback. And that's when, like you say, Outback's like, I should have disobeyed orders, blah, blah, blah. And then the Joes, the three captured Joes, um, Snowjob, Quick Kick and Stalker basically say, what, are you kidding? You were you, the only reason we're here because you managed to get out and signal the alert. Yeah. Now, this bit took me by surprise. Now, so you, <laughs> Jay, you haven't read this just, bit before or you have? It's, it's no, new, new to you. Just No, I haven't read this before. Lady J smacking out Flint. And taking his hat off, yeah, I was like, "Wow, yeah, she took that personally." See, I thought that was so. All the Joes have d- disappeared, and now you're left with those quartet. You're left with Scarlet and Snake Eyes, Flint and Jay. And I thought Jay was a bit out of order here because Flint's basically said, uh, "You could have let us in on it." He's talking to Snake Eyes and Scarlet. Yeah, you didn't have to make fools of us by pretending to get blown up by a mine. And I'm with, I'm with Flint there. Same. And she He's just turns looking... around and socks him one right in the kisser. He's looking pumped in his vest. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, he he goes spread eagle. Yeah, completely off the deck. Yeah, lifts him <laughs> off his feet. But then kind of ends nice because you know he gets the feeling that she might actually like him. Yeah, they got a bit of they got the feels for each other. Now the rest of this arc I thought was 
fine. Okay. I I thought it was okay. Um, we basically find out the kind of secret of the pterodromes, don't we? This secret ability that they have that we haven't known about. Yep. This kind of they can emit this radio frequency that can cause large populations to go a bit crazy. And, yep. and this is you know, this is. This is issue 67, 68, and this ties all the way back to issue two. Panic, Quinn. Panic in the North Pole, your old favourite, Quinn the Eskimo. If you recall, he was going into, I think it was a Russian hut in the yeah. Arctic and, or yeah. Antarctic, and he was uh, retrieving some kind of Russian low-frequency transmitter thing. And this is what had been pumped into the pterodromes, an ultra-low-frequency wave transmitter, which, which transmits a paranoia ray. Yeah, I'm a big fan of of sort of lengthy callbacks like that because yep. it it just builds the world better. Yeah. And Cobra's ultimate goal is to sell these cut price pterodromes, then incite paranoia in the surrounding areas to then create a market for more arms deals that they can then sell at a higher. They can then sell. Oh look, you know we we created a new war, so yeah. now we'll sell you all of our equipment. Suddenly the price has gone up or whatever. Yeah, because what you're saying as well catches Fred Seven a little bit off guard, doesn't it? Because I think he's being quizzed by the Techno Viper. That is a cool bit. Which I had about seven of those guys. And th- these are really nicely drawn. That whole scene, they're walking yeah. down the corridor. Yeah, and he's like, oh, hang on. He doesn't actually know about Quinn yeah. and that stuff. But then luckily he gets distracted. And I like that he's got ear mufflers on. Yeah, and I know. A, I think <laughs> yeah. that's a bit... Because in issue 67, where um, the... I think it's... Uh, Prime Minister Wolf, who is the leader of Frucian Land, they're trying to sell him the, the pterodromes. He doesn't want to know about it. And so then uh, Baroness and Mindbender and Fred Seven basically decide to amp up these pterodromes and turn them on. And, Cobra, yes. and Mindbender says, you might have to remove your helmet, Cobra Commander. And he's like, to put these earmuffers on to stop their panic rays, paranoia yes. rays. No need. I'll simply reset the built-in bafflers to the proper wavelength. So but the built in, doesn't so, know. So does he mean the built-in bafflers like? in his helmet? But then later on, he's actually got these earmuffs over his helmet. Yeah, walking down. The- <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But but Mindbender's never seen him. <laughs> that and no, and that next panel, uh, Baroness has thrown the switch in the background. There's Mindbender, and he's popping the cork off a bottle of champagne. Yes, amazing. Yeah, they have, they have a nice cheers. <laughs> uh, the, the Techno Vipers all huddled over that, you know, pushing the the tanks on that board. Oh, it's so amazing! Cool. Great scene. Ron Wagner is fast becoming. I think I like his art, especially because it wasn't a massive shift away from Rod Wiggum's art. It's very similar-ish, but I don't know. I I, I don't want to say that I prefer his to Wiggum's because Wiggum's was so spot on. But I, I really like the art in these two issues. Yeah. Maybe I think I just maybe I just like the inking in these issues. Yes, yes, the, got it's so much. Pop. It's Emberlin is inking, whereas the previous Ron Wagner stuff it was very thin inked black lines. Here it's a lot thicker, and it, like you say, it really pops. We've got. I tell you something that I was. Do you ever remember anything about Ice Viper? Ice Viper. I never had no. that guy. Now this is interesting because. It, Does he in, get mentioned when again? we get into issue sixty-eight, which is where I kind of, kind of think where we're going now, this has so we've had issues, especially the one. Do you remember the one where uh, introduced the havoc and Sergeant Slaughter was chasing down an escaping Zartan from the pit? Yeah, and the Thunder Machine. It felt like a real toy episode, effectively. Yes. Now this particular issue sixty-eight, this 
This didn't feel like a toy episode. However, it introduces Mav- Maverick in the Vector, which is the, the some new plane. It introduces Blocker, Dodger, Blaster, Avalanche, Knockdown, who are all uh, Battle Force 2000. It introduces the Persuader, which is the tank. It introduces the Wolves and the Ice Viper, who's the pilot of the wolf. It introduces the Maggot, which is a big Cobra tank. Yeah. And... It introduces, I think, Frostbite in the Snowcat. So, and it introduces some bike which Duke is riding. So it introduces probably more Joes and Cobras and vehicles than any other issue. But in fact, now, I didn't feel like it was a toy issue. I did, oh, but that, did. not okay. to not to didn't really not to make the detriment me of the it. issue, right? No, but what I was surprised about was Avalanche. I can't believe he's only being introduced now i thought he was og i thought he was really old and the snowcat because all those battle force 2000 guys yep they yeah they feel so new to me yes and i don't associate them coming out at the same time as avalanche no because that was a really cool vehicle the snowcat is to me well, a, a yeah, sort of gi classic frostbite is the driver of the snowcat Oh, sorry, Frostbite. Yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. And, well, we I had it as a, as a toy. And it was great. It appeared in... Uh, I don't think you... I don't think you've gone back and reread those Action Force issues, but when we did that Action Force special with um, Diagnostic There's 80... There's a good cover, isn't there? With yeah, a real good cover with Quick Kick getting blown... Quick Kick's right driving yes. one. He's getting blown out of the cover, issue 14, at the Snowcat. And that was around issue... That was around 1987, where right. we were seeing the Snowcat in... Uh, uh, action force weekly and this issue is february 1998 so we actually saw that vehicle i think before our u.s um compatriots ah, okay it was out in vehicle form i think in the states but it hadn't featured in the comic yet yes that's that's right because so many people had that vehicle as a toy it was a really popular toy and i really like the look of that um that that cobra vehicle the wolf with the ice viper it's kind of a single tracked um sled kind yeah. of thing looks really cool yeah that does look cool there's a lot of stuff in this issue that i don't like battle force 2000 what is that yeah Cause... not sure it's not really answered there's a really cool scene where they're introduced though drawn amazingly where blaster and uh, i think it's dodger uh spying up on a ridge and they're starting to snipe at each other but blaster's got his headphones in i think and yes they're feeling the effects. And then they go the... back to camp and then the door gets busted out of their camp. Real cool panel with Dodger and I think someone else. And I think it might even be Avalanche. And they're fighting and then uh, no, Maverick no. flies in in the Vector and he's told to leave his helmet on because then they twig. There's something going on with these uh, some frequencies. So Blaster gets out some ghetto blaster and turns the music on and everyone calms down. So they were being affected by these paranoia yeah. rays. Is Battle Force the kind of precursor to, you know, Tiger Force? And although Tiger Force felt like much more of an established Maybe. thing, I think they were just trying to create a new uh, kind of inbuilt unit, you know, like yeah. a subunit of troops. Yeah, because um, I loved Tiger Force, but this one wasn't on my radar great, at all. Great panels where they're across an ice shelf, they're being chased by Cobras, and the All Strikers have uh, been blown up and. Yeah, because they've drawn actually Avalanche is a black dude, and on the early panels, he's he's the colorist has actually colored him in as a white dude. Yeah, that's why I was getting confused. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's been Hawks helped him onto the back of the snowcat, 
and he's got the um, the law, which is the light anti tank weapon. Oh, and one of these great. ice vipers in in, in a Dude. wolf pulls up alongside. Hold your fire. Wait till I pass him and hit him in the rear, where his armor is the weakest. And there's no armament, and there's a law rocket literally pointed right at his face. It just blows Bang. him up. Yeah, he's he's gone showed. See, I never had um, this persuader either. This tank, the persuader, it fires out of the front and the side of its cannon. Did uh, you ever have that? Are you talking about Cover the... Girl's driving it? I think. Yeah, Cover Girl again. She pops up. Oh, she's in the yeah. cannon. No, I know it. It's in the cartoon. And I never had I any had of these it. Battle Force vehicles. No, the only one that rings a bell is the bike. Yeah, never but, had um, any of them. It, th- this issue just ends really suddenly, doesn't it? With uh, Hawk, yeah, it's like whew, phew. Yeah, he's he's cool. he's gone into. So basically, the prime minister, I think, has agreed to buy some Cobra weaponry, but then Hawk's gone into town. Uh, Battle Force Two Thousand has actually now dismantled the terradromes, and all these. It's a big thing about the reindeer herders have been starting revolts and civil unrest in the city because of the terradromes. Now they've all calmed down. Uh, Hawks, uh, sorry, Dukes popped in on this uh, single kind of motorbike vehicle thing. Yeah. And he's cut a deal with the Prime Minister. And effectively, yeah, now that the Cobra, Cobra who's chasing down uh, G.I. Joe has now been told to withdraw. It's kind of like when Co- uh, G.I. Joe uh, was yes. leading the assault on Cobra Island and they yeah. suddenly had word to pull out. It's kind of the reverse thing here, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Cobra's now been yeah. ordered to, to get out. You've got 24 hours to get out of the country. Right. Shall we Yojo Cola both these issues? Yep. I'm just, I am just going to jump forward to issue 72 because in the back there's a letters page, postcard the pit, and uh, there's a letter here from Jay Davis in Houston, Texas. Uh, no, it wouldn't be Houston or Houston. It'd be Houston, Texas. Yeah. And he says... Uh, G.I. Joe 68 was great, and he spelt it out G-R-E-A-T. I'm so (laughs) glad to see that Duke is back in action. I was disappointed way back in 22 when you introduced him. Well, that's wrong because he's a great character. But nonetheless, he is now my favourite character. You have developed him very well, and once again, I'm happy to see him back. By the way, on page 16, Hawk apparently calls Iceberg... Actually, no, Iceberg is the black dude, I think, and Avalanche is the guy in Battle Force 2000. Okay. So the colourist didn't get it wrong. Apologies, Bob Shireen. Um, it was correct. Avalanche, I think, is a member of Battle Force 2000, yeah, and Iceberg. I don't think he had a vehicle, but um, he says, uh, Hawk apparently calls Iceberg Hawk. I have two possible solutions as to why you printed this, seeing as how Marvel doesn't make mistakes. A, since the Joes are near the North Pole and the sun never goes all the way down or up what? or up there, the Aurora Borealis reflected off the snow and thereby distorted Hawk and Iceberg's uniforms to the extent that Hawk's uniform looked like Iceberg's and vice versa. So wow. Hawk was actually Iceberg and Iceberg was actually Hawk. And then he's put B, Hawk thought that Iceberg might have, might have amnesia from when the ore striker ate it. So Hawk identified him to see if, in fact, Iceberg was okay. Do I get a no prize? Now, I kind of like like both those. However, he gets slashed down here because, sorry, Jay, it's against our our general policy to award a no prize to people who offer more than one solution. There's a little too much cheating. So basically, had he gone one or the other, he would have got a no prize. But because he did two, (laughs) doesn't get one. Jeez. There you go. Man, he really went into he that. He went into that. So, yes, let's lo- yes, yo-jo it. I- oh, and one other quick thing we will mention is 
There's a, a tiny little bit which is about the Blind Master and Jinx and Storm Shadow and Billy. They're just walking around town. And I'm not sure the purpose of it. I think it plays in a bit later, but there's a kid who's like a purse snatcher, some street, yes. street vagabond, who snatches a purse and a local cop comes to arrest him. But the Blind Master says, no, 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 he tripped on my cane, even though Blind Master threw his cane and knocked him over. And he, kind of, and he kind of takes this kid under his wing. And you're, yeah, I was you're kind of like, that it was cutting to that. You're kind of like, what's this all about? Now, I think that plays a part, from my recollection, in, a, in an issue that's coming up. But um, it was kind of a bit we weird and odd and, you know, didn't really s- serve any purpose. But Yeah, well, I thought they were going to come back to it, but then never did. Uh, yeah, so Yojo, this one for me. Or I'll go first. I'm giving this an eight. Okay. Really, really enjoyed all that Frusian Land stuff and the little epilogue. Yeah. I'm giving it an eight. Yep, I am also giving it an eight. Had a really good time with those two issues. I think the art was fantastic. A lot of new characters. A lot of new characters. Art was great. It rolled along really nicely. I, I didn't see lot, little bits of comedy stuff. Didn't really see any downsides to that. So good stuff. Yeah. Right, let's move on. Yearbook four on the cover here. This is the last of the yearbooks. On the cover here, horror show from the October Guard is holding up Cobra Commander in his battle armor above his head. Meanwhile, the... Croc Master is front and centre with all the crocodiles around him. Oh, Croc Master. I got him for Christmas. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Came with a massive croc. Although they just call them alligators all the time in this. But um, Yes, so he's <laughs> generally a croc slash alligator master. Yeah. Uh, good cover. Good cover. Like it. Uh, the general yeah. premise here is the October Guard are on a secret mission. They want to go and capture Cobra Commander. Yes. And... But but basically, you've got G.I. Joe kind of just at the border of where they're allowed to be in international waters, haven't you? Exactly. They're kind of on, they, they're on a uh, kind of passive reconnaissance. Yes. Yeah. They're effectively just sort of hanging out. And they, what do they do? They intercept a couple of them, but the majority of them actually make it to Cobra Island. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just um, to let you know, this is, the, uh, g- this is the general special missions team here. So you've got Larry Harmer on script. Uh, Herb Trimpe on art, Neil Yomtov on colours, and Joe Rosen on letters. So kind of carrying over that same crew that does the special missions. Yeah, I like the way that when they get to Cobra Island, they find the G.I. Joe uh, raft yeah, very cool. that they very buried cool. in 46. I was like, yeah. yeah, they didn't need to do that, but it's so yeah, cool. Another, another, another callback to earlier stuff and tying it all in. And now this one started out the first few pages. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure on this. The the art was kind of, I don't know, It was it's nice. Herb Trimpe is really good, but it was just... A bit kind of generic, nothing really happening, and you know, I wasn't really into it. But as it kind of went past that third or that first half, I kind of got proper into it. Yeah, I quite liked how sort of soap opery it became. Yeah, lot, lot of lot of, end. lot of kind of not infighting amongst the October Guard, but a lot of Dana feels like she's you know, there's a lot of sexism going on from Colonel Breakoff and Horror Show. She's being made to paddle harder in the raft and dig deeper to to bury the raft and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wasn't as interested in that stuff. I I, re- I was really into all the Cobra Commander stuff. And I thought, when I was reading it, I was like, wow, this feels like quite important to sort of put in a yearbook. Yeah, yeah, because the other but, the other issues have kind of been kind of throwaway-ish. But, but, but here, but then, when it cuts to the Cobra stuff, because those October Guard are going through the swamps and now Croc Master has been, <laughs> he's suddenly smelt them or he's been made alert to them. He's hunting them, those guys down. Cut over to the Cobra and they're having another rally. They came to like, they like to have these, they had a big rally in Springfield. They're having a big rally here and uh, it's WCBR FM, 
which yeah. I, I assume is like a local Cobra like their media Cobra, agency, yeah, WC or WCBR, so World Cobra Radio FM or something like that, and uh, they put this combination rally slash amateur show and potluck dinner is really getting into full swing. So everyone gets a show, then everyone gets a potluck dinner. Love it, and. You're made to think, you know, Cobra Commander is completely in charge of Cobra. Yes, yes. From from this, isn't, isn't he? And also, his sp- pretty bad speech. Yeah, well, he because <laughs> the radio calls out the- his trusted aides and advisors, Baroness, Mindbender, Serpentor, Zartan. So even Serpentor is not, yeah, not billed as a, a leader of any kind. He's an advisor to Cobra Commander. Yeah, he's been... And then, I don't know, I, usually I wouldn't like this type of issue, but... I found myself, I was quite engaged, I have to say. Yes. With the kind of, um, you know, Baroness and Cobra Commander have a little moment on the balcony. I was like, whoa, where's this coming yeah, from? Yeah, they start, he takes his helmet off. Fred Seven, Fred sorry. Fred Seven, you know, you know I mean, she's like, what did you do in my script? And he's like, oh, I had a better one. And then, you know, they, like you say, the fireworks are going off and they're in a little smooch. Yeah, and I would usually hate this sort of panel, but I thought it was actually quite funny. The fact that you've got Serpenta, Mindbender and a BAT in, in the shrubs, <laughs> watching them have a smooch is so comical. Yeah. Just the visual of Serpenta just popping out of that bush. I can't stand Serpenta. He's such a goon. Oh, I love him. Uh, well, no, but I mean... I, I used to hate character. him, but now I love him, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, he's, they've witnessed, so now they know that, that they've been rumbled. Effectively, now he knows yeah, that they have been. Cobra Commander's like a bunch not of kids. Cobra Commander. Um, yes. like a bunch of kids yeah there's a cool there's a cool scene in the swamps where the the crocodiles are all the alligators are all coming in from all sides i know what you do i know what you're horror saying horror show uh chucks out a bag and you're like oh he must have explosives he's just got about <laughs> 10 roast chickens in his bag yeah if that wasn't enough then he's got a mouthful of pins and you're like oh he stuffed, he's put he, he's stuffed them with grenades he stuffed all those, yeah so he's already been eating one on the raft and then he's got i count one two three another four chickens five chickens here like some sort of diabolical cooking show yeah just constantly got to eat he's just always eating chickens it's just the i i want i want throwback panels to him preparing those yeah. <laughs> just pushing grenades um in. a couple of joes have infiltrated the island to find out what the october guard are up to and i think it's torpedo and wetsuit and i like it because they're all camoed up they're not in their regular dress no uh, outfits they're in you know their green camo stuff with uh face paint and stuff very cool yeah and meanwhile, oh, yeah. uh, Cobra Commander's taking his helmet off. And a, a BAT and gets... has come up behind him with a double... It's like a double axe handle. Back in the old WWF Whomp. days where you used to come off the top rope, both uh, both hands clenched, hit someone over the yeah. top of the back of their double axe handle. He's done that to Cobra Commander, which probably would have killed him, I reckon, but I knocked so. him out. And Serpentor's like, hey, we can, we can... This armour could be anyone underneath. Let's, let's yeah. put it on the BAT. And these kind of bits are the bits that I'm talking about. Like sometimes I wouldn't like this sort of stuff, but I really I just went with it, and yeah. it was quite fun. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's just funny. It's funny to see Spenta so involved, I guess. Yeah. And uh, the the next bit there is the October Guard have uh, climbed up to the balcony, <laughs> and they're like, "We need to find Cobra Commander." And uh, Colonel Breakoff's got a picture, like an eight by ten portrait of I don't know what Cobra Commander was posing for here. It's just a still of Cobra Commander in the battle armour, and they're like, he, he's him. our guy. Because <laughs> he's, he's unconscious guy. on the floor. Uh, that's the guy we yeah. want. Don't know why he needed um, to carry that picture around with him. but um, yeah. <laughs> you know, He couldn't remember that image. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Mindbender of Spencer, they get, you know, knocked out. Yes, they get knocked and... out by the uh, the October Guard and then they're making a uh, retreat with the the BAT, who I guess Curricom, have they ter- did they turn him off, Mindbender, or did they... Yeah, they turn him off and then they turn him back on. Yeah. When he's in the chopper yeah. and he starts wrecking shots. Horror Show had another satchel full of, you think, chickens again, but this time it's uh, C4 explosive. Yeah, no. <laughs> lot of uh, yeah. animal It's death. funny because mean, meanwhile, there's just crocs everywhere. Oh, everywhere. You everywhere. know. A lot, lot so of them dying. And then they do, the Joes... They do turn yeah. the bat back on, don't they? they do. Well, the Joes team up with the October Guard to fend off Cobra. Again, great battle scenes here. Stuff blowing up. Trimpe's on top form here. Yes, Baroness gets involved. Baroness gets involved, and then, like you say, the October Guard steal a helicopter, a member helicopter, which Trimpe's drawn slightly different to how they're drawn in the regular series. Yeah, I do love that that panel of the sort of Cobra docks, though, with the two hydrofoils. Yeah, yeah. I know you love a hydrofoil. The chopper, yeah. Uh, nice. Joes have got out on a smaller vehicle, and then that, that's where you, they, they, uh, Serpentor's woken up, and he says, um, let's just reactivate the BAT in berserker mode so he's, yeah, turned it back. he's got a mode to go mode. berserk which he does and he effectively the the rotor blades of the chopper chop him up which causes the the mamba to go down into the sea and then this reminds me of issue one of special missions where you're both out in the sea remember that one with the yes. submarines and each team has kind of well the, the gi joe team has got those I think it's Scrage and who's the other? One of the other October guards, Stormovic, have been captured early on, and they basically kick them back over the side with you two, and Cutter kicks them over the side, much like that scene in Special Missions One. Yes. Now, I su- I suppose I was one. I was like, where is this going? Because this is very important. Yeah. I can't believe it's not in the main run, but it sort of wraps up. Wraps up and just kind very of very quickly because Cobra Com- Fred Seven was working on another battle suit which he's now managed to get into. Yes. And uh, yeah. so now he's back in his guise as Cobra Commander. And he, he yes. says, not so fast, Serpy. Serpy. <laughs> Luckily, I had a spare set of battle armor stash backstage. Yeah. So a very fun issue. A fun storyline, kind of, yeah. Is, you know, quite. I found it quite funny, quite comedy. Um, normally not the sort of thing I'd like, but... I found myself enjoying that. Yeah, so, it, Yo, I mean, it did, it was a lot of comedy. The main, and it did, it had a callback to issue 46, which is when the Joes had gone on to Cobra Island and buried the raft, which the October Guard found. And the main thing, what it does do is, it it, re, it confirms that Serpentor knows that the guy in the battle armour isn't Cobra Commander. That's yes. what it does do. That's a big thing that it does do. Yeah, uh, but lots yep. of japes and love horror show and his chickens, and yeah, yeah, that's great. Crocmaster, big sort of toy introduced what you, there. What are you giving it? I'm going to give it an eight. Okay, wow. So a triple eights across the board for Ben here. I don't think seven would be fair because I really enjoyed so it. So just just quickly, we're going to put it on the the overall ranking list oh, of, yeah. offline off uh, of here. But of those three eights, so if you had to put those in order. Uh, the sixty-seven, sixty-eight. Oh, this definitely particular one, the main run. Definitely the main run. That's your, that's your number the one of the three. And then, yeah. what do you prefer? Special Mission Seven or this? Ah, that's a close call. Uh, v- uh, very similar. I'll leave it up to you to decide at a later date. Yeah, uh, we actually do have a, a a bonus one because also in this yearbook, there's wait, you haven't? Oh, I haven't yo-joed wait. it. Yeah. 
Uh, I think I'm going to give this high one seven. a high seven again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Same as um, the special mission seven. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we have a, a little one called Bystander. Now this is script by Larry Harmer. Art is by Tony Sammons, Ooh. who will actually be coming up, and he will be doing several issues on the main series coming up. Big concern. Uh, big concern about Tony. So I am a big fan of Tony Salmons' art. Oh, really? Yeah. But in the context of G.I. Joe? Yeah, even in the context of G.I. Joe. Now, the Seddon boys, big fans of the show, friends of the show, they've read ahead and they've been messaging me saying, Chief, we've been reading ahead. Uh, we do not like Tony Salmons' art on G.I. Joe. Now, No, because I re- read ahead. I just flicked and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was like, what's going on here? Why is the... The Awe Striker all bendy. He does art, yeah. He does art in some Sierra Gordo <laughs> stuff, which is what you're referring to. And yes, uh, I'm not sure on where the fans, where Tony Salmon stands in the fans' viewpoint, but talking to you and the Seddon boys, it sounds like he's over for 3. No, I think, no, the thing is, a lot of it is just, it's just different. Now, different yeah. doesn't mean bad, and you do have to just, like, marinate in it. It's just a shock, isn't yeah. it? When you go in one issue to the next, yeah. it's like, whoa, this is like watching a different TV show or something. Yeah. It's let's see, let's see how he does on the main series when we get to it, and you know, yeah, you might change your mind, you might reaffirm, you might be like, you know, it's just different. Yeah. So anyway, this little story, it's little like an eight page or something like that. Um, Snake Eyes and Scarlet are in civilian costume, uh, civilian outfits. They've stopped off at. Uh, it looks like they're on a highway in the middle of, middle of nowhere. They've stopped off to get talcum powder to basically uh, snake eyes mask is chafing and i'm not talking i'm not talking about his black you know uniform mask i'm talking about his rubber um civilian mask to make him blend in as as a normal person so it's it's chafing so he needs to get some talcum powder and uh yeah basically while they're in there a couple of guys come in and try and rob the place and snake eyes takes him down he's he's looking on a magazine rack and he's looking at nam I know, Nam. That's brilliant. But I felt robbed of a panel because I was like, oh, this is great. He's going to light him up. And he's pouring, uh, what's he pouring? Zappo starter fluid onto the guy and he strikes the match and then I flicked to the next page and I was like, oh, he's just running out. I wanted to see him Yeah, because this is pretty pretty brutal. One of the guys has has gone in, two of the kidnappers, or not the kidnappers, they're looking for the the cash from the register. One of the uh, clerks has gone for the alarm and this guy is literally double-barrel shotgun and just killed this guy straight away. Yes. Uh, But Snake Eyes, then he's jumping over counters, he's lobbing six packs of beer at people and then like you say... He he's got this uh, Zappo starter fluid, and he's put a trail, and which finishes in a puddle underneath this guy, and it's on his jacket as well, isn't he? Then he he flicks his lighter, and uh, this he's killed, basically he's burned a guy alive here. Yeah, I don't think they were ever going to show that though, were they? No, well they didn't. But, um... And the other clerks escaped. Snake Eyes has come out, stone faced, you know, obviously his mask. Scarlet's like, uh, there you are. I'm not going to ask. Just get in the car. And just drives off. I can't take you anywhere. Fix your mask. It's like kind of cold fish. I, I really, really enjoyed it. It's Even a though nice, it's short, it's a, I, it's a little vignette, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's it, nice. It kind of. What does it do? It sets the character says a lot. about you know how bad Snake Eyes is, and you know he's almost willing to go to any lengths. But you know at the end of the day, it's gone. He's he's, he's you know he's got out of that situation, and they're driving off. It's not like you know he stopped to 
make sure the other clerk was okay or wait for um, I know. police presence, whatever. It's, it's, a, it's a weird one. And it's, it, a bit it's not really a G.I. Joe story in effect because it could be anyone. But yeah, it's a bit vigilante. But I, I actually really liked it. Yeah, I... It's, it's so yeah. I mean, I'd probably give it a a, a seven. It's, I think it's a high. It's a hard one to grade. Can't give it an eight. It's a hard one to grade because like... it is just very very standalone and not in the yeah. sense of a special missions twenty two page standalone. Just it doesn't really add anything. But I'd like to give it an eight if I could. But I think I'm going to give it a seven. So once you whilst you've been talking about that, I've just been flicking through issue sixty nine at the art. Ah, I think I'm going to have an issue with the way he sort of draws motion. Okay, anyway, so yes, uh, we'll get to let, let's just quickly have a look then at what's coming up. So I think we can do uh, 69, 70 and 71. Yep. And then we'll pop in for a special missions eight. Perfect. Perfect. So that's what people need to track down and read ahead of next week's How show. How long have we got? How long have we got Big Tony on pencils for, roughly? Uh, I don't think he does that many. I think, um, off the top of my head, I don't know. I'll tell you what I'm going to do very quickly. I'm going to just quickly use our old friend Wikipedia. Uh, in the meantime, uh, while I'm doing this, people can catch us in all the usual places. Talking Joe Comics on Instagram. Talking Joe Comics. Uh, uh, talking joe at gmail.com talking underscore joe on twitter we've got the facebook group talking joe a gi joe podcast uh gets in all the normal places uh he actually does real american hero issue 69 and then he's not actually actually he only does then issues 87 and 88 and 91 so ah, you only do 68 he doesn't do 70 you only get no you only get one issue of him in this storyline then you get a, a three issues later on Oh, I mean that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, to be fair, it's nice to mix it up. Actually, yeah. it's a talking. It's a you know. Yeah. Um, we'll close the show with uh, Chief Fastbear. A question. Chief Fastbear. A question. What'll he say? What'll he do when Chief Fastbear? A question. Avengers. Who's your favourite? Um, I'm gonna. Uh, now this I is. Like, I like the original. I, now I, this is between... this is purely based on movies. Because I'm guessing you haven't read any Avengers comics. No, I have never. I, and I can't imagine I'd be... I looked at a Captain America comic once and I was like, jeez. No. I, it's funny what you're saying. Like, I actually have an easier time looking at him on the screen than on the page. Right. But I would say, yeah, Cap, Tony and uh, Thor. I can't choose between them. I flip-flop. Okay. Um, I do love Cap. The casting for all of them is incredible. Yes. Uh so yeah we'll say cap okay um what about yourself do you have a favorite avenger movies um iron man i I would probably say edge towards thor yeah um comics i mean you've probably got i don't know how many avengers there have been i'm gonna say 50 plus probably yeah and I I've got a big run of Avengers comics, you know, like a, a 150 issue run from like the late 80s, 90s. And if I'm choosing a favourite, oh, that is tough. Um, I do quite like the Black Knight, who's someone you don't know. I do quite like um, She-Hulk. I think I think she was on the Avengers. 
pretty sure she was. Uh, a guy called Dr. Druid, I quite like. Hercules, massive fan of Hercules. Um, Hercules? Yeah. Uh, Black Panther, like Black Panther. Uh, that's it for the show. It's gone a bit extra long because we were deep and dark inside Chief's mind. We'll try and, we'll try and keep a, a trim, brief one next, next week if we can. Well, we've got to get all the good content and we go as long as we need to go, I guess. But uh, until next week, be safe and we will see you down the road. See you later, guys. Have a good week.